If you vote righteousness, you will get blessed. And that's one of the things that makes, us, makes all ships, rising tide makes all ships rise. Right. When righteousness goes up, even the wicked get more blessed. They may not know why, but the nation is being blessed and everything goes up with it. This is Pastor George Pearsons, and we are so glad that you tuned in to this very special edition of the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. We're talking about faith for our nation. We're talking about the midterm elections that are coming up and what our responsibility is in tending the garden and occupying the land. We need to vote and we need to be involved. Of course, our, my co-host for this week has been Buddy Pilgrim. Uh, Buddy is very much uh, familiar with the, the political inner workings and has done great things to make sure that we get the vote out there, especially to the Christian community, to the Jewish community. And then David Barton, Wall Builders, we are so thrilled that you, we are thrilled that you're on this property right now doing what you're doing and helping us get the word out. We appreciate the anointing that is on you. Wall Builders is the name of his website that you can go to. Uh, integrityleadership.com org excuse me is and we have the information up there for you as well and so and Buddy is also a, a board member of Kenneth Copeland Ministries gentlemen thank you for what you've been bringing to the table here this week David our last day together here for this series of broadcasts go for it you know the the thing to do in voting is understand I am going to vote so mark your calendar right yeah. now sit your phone whatever you take vote. I am yes. going to vote I will yeah. vote it's not and there's early voting there's as well. Early, so. There's early voting, and, and I'm going to cast an informed vote is the next thing. So go to ivoterguide.com. Yeah. Uh, we got a website called christianvoterguide.com, which lists the states and voters' right. guides. Or they can uh, go to our America to, Stands. That's right. America US. Stands has got it. We'll put that information up for them. So well. number one, I'm going to vote. Number two, I'm going to cast an informed vote. Number three, I'm going to vote all the way to the bottom of the ballot. Amen. I'm going to figure out who's down there, and I'm going to learn about them. And yes, it may take me an extra 15 minutes to make three phone calls to find somebody who knows these guys and what they believe, but I'm yes. going to do it. Yep. We average spending 67, 68 hours a week on social media. Surely you can get one hour to finding out who to vote for. Right. That's right. a whole lot more important than social media. So I'm going to vote. I'm going to set my alarm, my calendar, whatever I've got. I'm going to make sure I'm going to cast an informed vote. I'm going to vote all the way to the bottom of the ticket, and I'm going to vote on God's priorities, not my own priorities. There's certain things you care about, but if God has one that goes higher than yours, you yeah. go there first. And propositions will also be propositions included. will also be there. Uh, we we generally have 140 to 150 propositions uh, on the ballot every election cycle, and usually 40 to 50 of them are very clear moral issues, mm -hmm. and so those props are very, very, very significant. Uh, and that's another thing to find out about. Uh, again, the voters' guides will have it. Secretary of State's website for each state will have the, the voter issues for there. Easy to Google the Secretary of State, look it up. Uh, it's also easy in every state. There will be two to five pro-family groups in that state, life groups or whatever, and they will tell you what those ballot issues are. Again, it may take you an hour to get everything you need. But you can spend that time to do it. Just get off social media for a little bit. You, you can do this. And I'll tell you briefly what I do when I go to the polling place. This is my responsibility. I take it as if I'm going into a church service. 
Yeah. And the way I do is I pray. I'll sit in my car in front of the place that we go to, and I will pray in the Spirit. I will have my information. I'll be ready to vote. I will go in there in an attitude of prayer. And when I get into that, that voting booth, um, I begin to worship the Lord. I take it, I take it as, as a church service in yeah. there. I just praise God for the, 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 the freedom that I have to be able to do this here. And then as I go through, I pray for everybody. I pray for every candidate that's listed there. I pray for their families. Mm-hmm. And I pray for the ones that I am voting for. And I pray for the others that when they lose, they won't be upset, but they'll They'll hear the, <laughs> the voice of God. Well, anyway. That God will work it out to, to bring them closer to Him in some he way. Will, exactly, exactly. So I spend extra time in there. People must wonder, what in the world is He doing in there? I am, I'm praying. It doesn't matter. Spirit. You have the right to be in that voting booth as long as you want to be in that voting I booth. I am praying over our nation, over all of the decisions that are being made. I really do take time to go in there as an act before the Lord, as, a, as an act of sacrifice to Him of my responsibility. That's powerful. And, that, and I do. I and, take and that time you, to do it. See, that, that really integrates the spiritual element with what people think is the secular element because mm-hmm. you, know, you can't separate those two. You know what you just did, George, in explaining what you do when you go to vote? Yeah. You just tied everything that we've talked about in this, ti- this entire week with David You've just tied that all back together with where we started this series with Bishop Butler a month ago because he began his part of the teaching talking about your vote is your seed. And what you just said is when you go in to plant your seed, you don't just throw it in the ground and walk away. No, I don't. You stand there and you tend that seed. Mm -hmm. It ties back to what you said about tending the garden. You know that that vote is a seed and you plant it in the ground there, and you stand there and you pray over that seed that you planted, and you tend that seed that you planted, and you pay attention to it, just like you would a seed that you put in the ground that you literally wanted to make sure it came up, that it didn't just get thrown in the ground and thrown on rocky ground or any other kind of ground. You just wrap this whole thing back up in that comment Mm -hmm. in talking about how you handle your own vote. That's a message every person out there needs to take to heart to understand how important your vote is. And and the, the other thing that came to mind is just the number of people that are listening to this broadcast. Yeah. The, you know, as a, as a board member out here and as an advisor to you, I get exposed to, to everything that goes on out here. Mm-hmm. And I know the hundreds of thousands of partners that we have. We, have, we have. we were looking at the numbers earlier this week. We have nearly a million people that are connected to this ministry yep, in, in some way, way as yes. a partner or yes. a friend or somebody that connects with us on right. Facebook or whatever. Just the people that are connected to this ministry... If you go vote, oh, oh man, are enough to change it's the over. course of this nation. It's over. Just it's over. a million people. It's, it's over. over. And the election night's done early. We all go home soon. <laughs> and to not go do that, David, you were talking about all the Christians that are registered but don't go vote. Mm-hmm. To be registered and not vote if you're a Christian is like being a Christian but never going to church. It's like being a Christian but never praying or never reading your Bible. It, it's not using what you already have access to. Gosh, how important and, that and is. And more times than not, when I'm leaving the polling place, I can hear the voice of the Lord. This has happened to me. And I hear him say, thank you. Mm-hmm. I hear that on the inside. Thank you for doing that. It has everything to do what I do as I, what I do as a pastor, whether it's the school board vote mm-hmm. or it's a, it's a presidential election. Uh, I, there's, a, there's a fresh connection with Jesus that I have 
and I, I've never really expressed it like this before, but th- there is something that it does to my own spiritual life to go vote. I leave there, and I feel like I've just been washed and cleansed. Well, you remember, the Scripture says in Acts, He gives the Holy Spirit to those that obey Him. So you've just done an act of obedience. He says, I can bless that. I can pour my spirit out on that because you do get that refreshing, that blessing. And the thank you is logical because he's, thank you. You're taking care of my garden. Thank you for for doing what I told you to do. Mm -hmm. I don't have many of my kids that do what I tell them to do. (laughs) Thank you. You know, we do that with our own kids. Thank you for obeying. How nice was that? And and so it literally can be. And even with you going in that in that voting booth, I mean, at the time you go in, that booth really becomes yours. Yes. And, and so in talking about even an informed vote, one of the things that everybody can do is you can go on, on your state website. They'll have your precinct, and you can print out the entire voter's ballot. What you're going to vote on in the booth, you can get a printed copy of, and then you sit down and you start working through, oh, I don't want him, I want her, whatever it is. And take because you can take that in there, and then as you cast your vote, you pray over every one. But you've already done the research to know when I get there, I know who it is from governor all the way down through through. dog catcher, and I know my vote. All and I and you can take note now, you can't share those notes with others in the polling place because that's considered lobbying, you can't lobby in a polling place. But every individual can take those on if you want to walk outside and give it to your spouse and let them walk inside and do it, that's fine. Uh, A lot of people. This is a ministry that a lot of folks have, a lot of Christians I know, mm-hmm. will do that, research it, and yeah. then share that yeah. with everybody in their neighborhood. And there's something that, interesting. I'm going to vote. The neat thing, too, the primary election, uh, Brother Copeland called me and says, when are you going to vote? And I said, well, I was actually going this afternoon. He said, come by the house, pick us up, we'll go. So <laughs> I, got, I got to go vote with Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. That was, I mean, highlight of my life. Uh, That's it's, great. It's, it's really good. But, David, please, go ahead, pick up well, with that. Well, y- you go through, so you do all of that. Yeah. And then uh, priorities become important because we've all got things that are important to us. If I'm in energy, our ranch is out in the middle of one of the counties in Texas that's just solely energy. And that's a big deal to all of them. And that's good that energy is, but don't forget that God has his priorities. We talked the first day about how God gave 613 laws. Then he said, here's my top 10. And so top 10... All right, public religious acknowledgments. Don't get somebody that's a secularist and wants God out of the public square. Uh, Next thing is LGBT, transgender, homosexual marriage, homosexuality. God's real clear on I want sex confined to a man and a woman inside marriage. So he's made it real clear, man and a woman. So that's your genders. Made it real clear that's inside marriage. So anything outside, whether it's homosexual sex, anything else, marriage is a man and a woman, definition. Then the third thing is don't commit murder. Kill is, in Hebrew, is murder. Don't shed innocent blood. That's abortion. But energy is my thing. Good. That's my number four thing because here's my top three. I vote these three things first. And if I've got candidates that are good on religious expression, religious conscience, if I've got candidates that are good on life, and I've got candidates that are good on marriage and and sexuality and LGBT, um, then I'll vote energy fourth. But don't put energy up first if God hadn't put it first. So what a Christian has to do is keep first what God said first. Seek first my kingdom yes. and my righteousness and all yes. this other stuff will get added to you. So that's the priority. You, you go into that kind of a pr- priority on voting. And if you vote righteousness, you will get blessed. And that's one of the things that makes, us, makes all ships, rising tide makes all ships rise. Right. When righteousness goes up, even the wicked get more blessed. They may not know why, but the nation is being blessed and everything goes up with you it. Know, you know, you've done such a good job over the years, David, every time I listen to you speak of making sure people understand that the Bible informs us on every one of the issues, though. And you are absolutely right about keeping 
keeping the first things first, keeping the big ones as your top priority. But the Bible informs us on tax policy, right. social welfare policy, That's everything right. else. You know, and, and some of them even tie back to that top ten right there. One of them is thou shalt not steal. Well, confiscatory tax policy Taxes. is essentially mm-hmm. stealing. Now, I can't come to your house and just take your money, but I'd vote for somebody to tell you that you've got to give up your money and the government's going to take it. And if it's confiscatory policy, that ties right back to the Ten Commandments. Yeah, that that one and thou shalt not covet goes with that too. Because <laughs> yeah. the government says, I want more of your money. I'm coveting more. Yeah. No, you're not. Well, that's, you, you stay away. That's and, why people vote for candidates who will tax you more. Because you got more than me, so I'm envious of what you I, have. I want you to make everybody equal. No, hard work makes, makes the difference. And that's yeah. where, you know, and I will say it's a really good policy uh, because, you, as you mentioned, buddy, the Bible does speak to everything. And one of the things the Bible speaks to is taking care of the poor. There's 200 verses in the Bible that talk about taking care of the poor. But the deal that Christians miss is to whom does God say that? Because is it to the individual or to the family or to the church or to the government? There's only four verses where it tells the government to take care of the poor. Mm -hmm. And in all four verses it says when they come to court, make sure they get justice. So all material needs are to be taken care of by individuals and family and church. Government's not supposed to be taking care of individual needs or, or material needs. And to this day in, in American government, every $1 the government raises for the poor, only 30 cents gets to the poor. That's the worst ratio in the history of the world. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're giving to a charity, you do, you're told not to give to any charity where 60% does not reach the target. With the government, 70% doesn't reach the target, not 60% reaching it. So we're, we're funding things that actually are counterproductive yeah. for the way God says to do it. Yeah. And, uh, with the confiscor- confisc- and by the way, this is the other thing that's out there with Trump and doing tariffs and stuff. Yeah. I'll point out that at the beginning, the founding fathers, when they created the Constitution, used capitation taxation, which is mm-hmm. the biblical form of taxation. Per capita. We had it per head, every yeah. per capita, per head. Yeah. And that's like the tithe. I don't care whether you're rich or poor, you give 10% yeah, of the tithe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. a rich man will tithe more than a poor man, but the percentage is the same. And, and now we do, we do tax policy where, no, the percentage is not the same. You're this group, so we do more for you and less for you. And, and, and it goes back and forth. But within that, within that framework of, of that economic approach, that's there. The Bible is so clear on what to do with those economic issues that when you look at like the poor, for example, I rejoice that <clears throat> President Trump has just announced that there are 600,000 less people on food stamps than there were before. Amen. Oh, but the government's not taking care of the poor. Right. Yes, now the right. church yeah. can do it like they're supposed to. Government yeah. doesn't take care of them anyway. So I'm seeing things moving in the right direction. But even they're employed cares. taking care of themselves. Employees taking care of That's right. They're getting which jobs. Which is what the Bible says to do. That's exactly right. And, and so going to the tariffs things, back at the beginning, 95% of the U.S. government was funded through tariffs. We did not tax citizens to fund the government. And if you remember in the Bible, Jesus and Peter had an interesting conversation after Jesus said, pay the taxes. And they said, Peter, who pays taxes in the country? Is it the sons or is it the foreigners? And, G- and Peter goes, easy. They're the foreigners. The sons don't pay taxes. Oh, yes, they do. In America, we pay taxes. big. T- but see, we used to do it tariffs because that made the foreigners pay for what was happening. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this move to get back to tariffs. And people are saying, oh, that's a bad thing for the economy. 
Well, maybe it is if you're also using confiscatory tax policy that says don't take somebody else's private property. Government says, well, we'll take your... So the founding fathers believed that what you earned yeah. was your property. So mm -hmm. if I gave 40 hours a week to something and got a check for it, that check is my property, and the government says, no, half of it's mine. No, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. That, that, and so the tax policy, you're right, buddy. Tax policy is all over the Bible. The integrity of private property rights is in the Bible. Yes. The book of Numbers, uh, duh, it's called Numbers because God said, count the people mm -hmm. so that you know how many are in each tribe, so you know how much land yep. to give to each tribe, and everybody had their own private property. Yep. So let's take the last five minutes of this and address something. I've got this in my Bible, and I've got it highlighted. I have one of the Kenneth Copeland highlighted, you know. Yeah, that, that's right, one of his. <laughs> he, he uses a white highlighter he in his Bible. He uses a white highlighter. Yeah, that's right. That. But this was, I was listening to you minister about this one time from Exodus 19. And it was Exodus 19:21, And this is what you said, and I wrote it in my Bible. Found, this is the foundation for the election of U.S. local, state, and federal offices, mm -hmm. the officers that you elect. Mm -hmm. And in verse 21, it says, Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men, mm -hmm. such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be uh, to, that it shall be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall judge. So it'll be easier for yourself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. Just address that in these last few minutes. Yeah, that's that's what our founding fathers pointed to. Is this is where God set up government? And when He did, He said, "You guys choose out leaders over tens, local, fifties, yep. county, yep. hundreds, state." thousands federal. You elect your leaders at every level. You elect your leaders at every level. God will put in there who He wants. No. He said, I'm giving yeah. you charge yeah. over this. Yeah. You do it the way I want to and I'll get the people I want, but I'm putting it in your hands. So you choose your leaders and notice the characteristics. Able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. Now it's interesting that able comes before fearing God. It's not one or the other, mm. but if you have a fear, if you have a God-fearing guy who's incompetent, that is bad news for government. Right. You want a competent guy who is God-fearing. And so you know, just because I'm a Christian, I can run for office. No, you're, you may not be good in that office. Right. You, know, right. you, you put me in charge of certain things I don't know about. I'm going to make you look really bad even though I may be a Christian. So you want able men yep. who are competent, yep. qualified, who have experience, that fear God, right. men of truth, yep. Who will, who will stand for what's right, right, and when the media beats them up, they're not going to back off and change their position, hating covetousness. They're not after the perks. They're not after the power. They're not after all the other stuff. They're there to serve. They, we used to call them public servants. Yeah. Now we call them public officials. I, I prefer public, public servants. servants. Yep. But that's, that's people yeah. who, who, again, that's that fourth characteristic. So right. that's where we got the concept of good government was right there. It's repeated over in Deuteronomy 1, 15 and 16, and Deuteronomy 16, 18. Yep. So three times we're told to choose out leaders, and Moses said, I chose them, brought them to you, you elected them. So Moses had a recruitment service going there <laughs> part of the time, too. And that's the other thing is we ought to be recruiting good people for office. You know, I, I know people, and that's what I do. I, I recruit good people for office. Say, you ought to be in office. Mm -hmm. People are still going to vote you in, but I'll, I'm happy to recruit. Yeah, that, that scripture mm -hmm. where you refer to it saying, able men who fear God. And of course, the, the, maybe a better translation for that word is not fear God, but reverence and respect God. Right. And the right. antithesis of that is make sure you don't vote for people who have a complete disregard 
and disgust and disrespect That's for right. God. And that was Exodus 18, by the way. I think I said Exodus yeah. 19. So that was that was 1821. 18, Exodus 1821. And then the one you just quoted, Deuteronomy 1:15. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, hundreds, hmm. fifties, tens, and officers of your tribes. The forefathers used these scriptures for the foundation of our nation. That is what is called a Republican form of government. Small r, it has nothing to do with the party. It's not a democracy. Mm-hmm. They hate democracies. That's called a mobocracy. That's what put Jesus to death, said, give us Barabbas. We want, we want him instead of Jesus. That's a democracy. This is a Republican form of government where you elect people to stand right. in your behalf and represent you in front of government. Right. That's the biblical form of government. That's why Christians have to vote. And it goes on, I charge your judges at that time, saying, Here are the causes between your brethren. Judge righteously between every man and his brother. So there are the judges. Judges is an issue as well. We talked about that on the second day, Isaiah 126. The righteousness of the land is based on the judges in the land. Get God-fearing judges, which means get the Senate margin increased where we can get more of those judges through because we're getting great judges right now. We don't want to change that. Take, take, yeah. a, take a friend or a family member with you. That's right. Well. That's a good idea. We talked a minute ago That's about there being idea. a million people connected to this ministry. Yeah. <clears throat> if that million people... Yeah. Takes one or two neighbors or Election friends or family members. Election will be over members. within an hour after the polls <laughs> close. We all go home. If, yeah. if we get everybody in the ministry and one friend to go vote, yeah. you know, that'll be the shortest election night in history. And we can forward these broadcasts on to family or friends and let idea. them watch it yep. for themselves and hear these things. David Barton, thank you so My very pleasure, much. Bro. What yeah. an honor Thanks, it is man. to have you. Thanks, man. Thank you. And uh, Buddy, thank you so much for being here with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.